The subject matter contained in this presentation is based on biblical principles and designed to give you accurate and authoritative information with regard to the subject matter covered. It is provided with the understanding that neither the presenter nor the broadcaster is engaged to render legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Since your situation is fact-dependent, you may wish to additionally seek the services of an appropriately licensed legal, accounting, real estate, or investment professional. No one can serve two masters. He will either hate the one and love the other, or be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you shall eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds in the sky. They do not sow or reap. They gather nothing into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are not you more important than they? Can any of you by worrying add a single moment to your lifespan? Why are you anxious about clothes? Learn from the way the wildflowers grow. They do not work or spin, but I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was clothed like one of them. If God so clothes the grass of the field, which grows today and is thrown into the oven tomorrow, will he not much more provide for you, O oh, you of little faith? So do not worry and say, What are we to eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what are we to wear? All these things the pagans seek. Your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be given you besides. Do not worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will take care of itself. Sufficient for a day is its own evil. This is Radio Wave Medjinomics with your host, a friend of Medjugorje. I think here because the culture is swept along with the mindset of not necessarily one individual, but of how things are done in the culture. Because the culture does it, everybody else does what the culture does. I think here to make us turn around and hit the waves and go against the current when you go against the current, it takes a great struggle. It's very difficult. And you don't always make it when you're going against the current. When you go to Florida on the beaches or anywhere, there's beaches that have signs up showing that the tide, the riptide, when it comes back and a lot of water comes up from the ocean into the beach and there's a waterhead there and then millions and millions of gallons suddenly pile up and they come back off the beach dragging you into the water. And you not swim against it. Most people panic and they turn around and want to get back to shore and you drown because you get tired. You swim with it and then you get to the sideways and swim through crossways. We're in a culture now that we can't even go against the tide. It's too strong. 
And to get out of the current where it's dragging you, you have to go sideways somewhat or at an angle to get back to the shore. We've made a mess of our financial situations. We've made a mess of how we understand how economics work. And if you try to go against the current, it'll swallow you. But there's things you can do sideways and then start angling toward the beach to get steady. One of those things, the greatest thing, is debt. It's just a given. You grew up. You get married. You borrow money to buy a house. And you spend the next 20, 30 years building or paying for it. And you're constantly in debt. And then by the time you retirement, you barely got something to live on. And then the medical bills keep you mostly in debt. Very few people in the population of the country and the world do not have debt. And yet, the biblical way of life is not to be in debt. You say, how do you do that? By being frugal, by being trained when you're young how to do your finances. The economy here at Caritas is totally, radically different from the world. We don't do it if God doesn't give us the money. That's a simple rule. When I was in business, if I didn't have the money, I didn't do it. I ran my operations out of debt. And when I wanted to expand and saw a new lead, how I could get into that, instead of borrowing money, I just sat and wait until I made enough profit to go out on that venture. And it's a slow go. You build slowly. And you have to have patience. You can't do it with rapidity because money made fast is money lost fast. Those who go slow and get solid, they learn how investment works. They learn what it does with the labor and the equipment they can buy. And so I built my business very slowly. And I dream house. Instead of paying and getting a mortgage for 30, 35 years, which would have kept me strapped in debt, we moved into a trailer. And we spent eight years building a house. We made enough money off our business, then we put it in the house. But we always had the business, the first needs in it for equipment or whatever, or buying things, would go to it. The leftover went into the house. And that leftover was after we paid our bills while we lived in a trailer. And it was a slow go. And everybody else was getting married, our friends we knew, and they got their brick house, they got these things and borrowed money. And some of them are still paying for it later because they get a second mortgage, even a third mortgage. Wealth is to be built slow. It's like slow foods. It's better for you. Fast foods aren't. Making money fast and just spending and living and getting and renting all this. You're throwing money away. But we're not reflected on what is God's biblical way to live. If your wants are so much that you're willing to go buy furniture for your house or a couch and finance it, Go get you some straw hay bales to sit on. Wrap it in a blanket. That's more pleasing to God than you sitting on a couch that you finance. It's insane. And maybe you're the means that you don't have to do that, but you earn money for something bigger than that. It's not the biblical way. And I read explains that more clearly today. This comes from chapter 14 of A Friend of Medjugorje's It Ain't Gonna Happen, which was written... 2010. What if a man walked up to you and said he would loan you $100,000 240 different times so that he could collect all his interest each month on what you borrowed? 
Then he told you these 240 different loans would make him a lot of money. $100,744.98 to be precise. On top of the 100000 you must pay him back a total of which would be $200,744.98. Would you answer, do you think I'm a fool? Or would you die laughing? Or would you do both? The dollar on 6-24-1968 lost all of its intrinsic value, or you might say lost its true value, and all for the sake of love of money, the root of all evil. You cannot serve two masters, God and money. Silver, God's creation, was divorced from the dollar, and paper, man's creation, was married to the private Federal Reserve. The dollar, at that point, became a lie, a false image projecting something it was not, a deception by the central bank to build and expand the economy, lending enormous amounts of paper notes that were supplied by a printing press. All this was done to tempt people with consumerism by the banking system to go in debt for the immediate gratification materialism offers, a lie many are beginning to be able to see, as now they are enslaved by it. Just as Our Lady said, June 25, 1989, the world and material goods lead you into slavery. Satan is active in this plan. Former generations would not borrow. Rather, they believed in delayed gratification, sacrifice, and paying for what they acquired. Financial advisor Dave Ramsey tells the following story that illustrates this point. Since the Civil War, we have seen a steady change in the way we Americans handle our money. As a boy in the 1850s, prior to the Civil War, my great-great-grandfather lived in Indiana. In his memoirs, he mentions a family who owned a neighboring farm. This family got the fever to move west, but couldn't, because unlike most anyone else in the country, they owed money on their farm. The language he used to discuss this mortgage gave insight into the attitude of the day regarding debt. He gave the impression that one should pity this family, as if they had cancer, or view them as sinners who had some skeleton in their closet. This view of debt is completely foreign to us today. Astonishingly, the mortgage in question was only $5. The generation of people who set up housekeeping in the 1930s and the 1940s was scarred by the Great Depression. Those folks would borrow very seldom, and they lived under their means. They would be shocked by the way most families live today. The present age of immediate gratification, in which it is common practice to borrow from your future so to enjoy today, is unbiblical and consequently will lead to slavery. In reality, to borrow to satisfy immediate gratification is stealing from yourself money that you do not have, have not yet earned, and have no guarantee you will earn. 
No biblical principle supports this. The present system of usury will cause the present economic system's suicide. That is the judgment sentence of God. You can call it a correction or a return to the correct price value, which always happens in a self-correction. But in the end, it is God's judgment of natural law programmed into creation for everything. And so we have a correction coming. Why? Because it always happens. From the Roman days, there's always been a correction every 75 years. We're way beyond that. And actually, every civilization that went off its currency backed by intrinsic valued metals never lasted past 50 years. We're in year 49. And we may be the first civilization that goes past that because we got massive control, massive regulations and things and finagling things and pushing numbers and fooling people and doing things on paper. So I don't know how far to go past, but one thing's for certain, we're due for a correction. And part of it, and a major part of it, is the biblical consequences of our selfishness. I want it now, and I'm willing to go in debt for that. And it's really agreed. Rather than go the biblical way and be frugal, and building our house, we have so many memories of just the foundation, the kids playing in the dirt, uh, seeing something new, the excitement of doing it, and going to bed knowing that whole thing was paid for at that point. And when God didn't provide the money, then we didn't move. It may sit there six months. We got it dried in. That was probably the longest period because we had to put a chunk of cash at that point we saved on the side to buy the framing package, got it dried in, and then it sat for a while, and then we built our business more. But that time, I wouldn't change anything because the day we moved out of the trailer, we actually were sad moving out of the trailer into the house. We slept with peace. We didn't owe anybody anything. The feeling of that exceeds if we had some contractor to build it, had it built in 120 days and moved into it, we'd have all that weight on us. It's not ours. It belongs to the bank. Who wants to live that way? So our lady's here to show us these new principles of what to do. She reveals things. Conversion is a process of enlightening you. In fact, conversion means metanoia. It means the change of mentality. So when we hear the word conversion, we're thinking about going holiness or praying. No, it's conversion to truth of what you're not living in truth, you're living a lie, to align yourself the way God biblically wants you to live. So conversion takes a whole nother meaning if you look at it from this side. If you convert from the idea of debt to staying out of debt, that's conversion. Our day's coming for that. We break many things here do the messages, whether it's crashing the TV and getting rid of it, the cell phones, living a different way, going to the agrarian way of life, not going in debt, starting the Maracas Medjugorje rounds, starting the youth festival in Medjugorje. That came from Our Lady. We did this. And many other things like this that we started has spread through the whole world. You have anything, just... For instance, recently we come up with fake news. Fake news was out there, but the terminology came out. It catches on, and it spreads quickly. 
We've seen things that we put out, even verbiage that goes out even into the secular avenues of society. Why? Because we're getting truths from the Virgin Mary, put it into our royal life, and different people pick it up. It could be a talk show host or it could be somebody else. And it popularizes from this little pebble in our little pond here at Caritas that goes out. Wall Street Journal just had an article on April 3rd out that people are going and dumping out of their 401ks. We brought that about. We start pronouncing that when it's going to happen. We start saying to do this. Why? Because 2008, people lost a lot of 401ks, and even 2010, they were still losing. Obama, just three or four years ago, says this is to be considered the funds, the retirement funds, the 401ks are to be considered public funds. So this little article, in essence, says, the brief part of it is, companies in the United States are trying to stop employees from withdrawing funds from 401k retirement accounts. That's your money. Why are they doing that? Because a lot of people are doing that. And we told people to do this. Why do we do that? Because we said, you can use it better than they can, and it can evaporate because the dollars, if there's a crash, you have nothing in the end. The article actually says, in essence, an increasing number of people are withdrawing funds outright or taking loans against their 401ks accounts. This practice has become known as leakage. See, they always give it a name. They didn't have that before. Look, before we start promoting this, there ain't going to happen. People would just keep it there because all financial advisors said, don't do that. Keep it there. You got to do this. Why? Because it's part of the sham. And everybody's got a cut in it. Your financial advisors, the bankers, all this, everybody gets something out of it. Even the, even the companies. So they know it, they label this like fake news. It's called leakage. And I, I didn't hear that until I, I've not heard that. That's a new term. Until this article came out. An outright withdrawal means paying income taxes, which one will eventually pay upon a later withdrawal, anyways. And a small penalty of early withdrawal. They say that's a negative, and we've told people you're going to pay a penalty, but you're going to pay a tax too, and the tax is probably going to be higher 20 years down the road or 10 years down the road. What you got to pay in your taxes, you're going to pay no matter what. So you're not losing anything. The article went on to say companies are using different methods to try to stop leakage from outright restrictions on withdrawals of companies matching funds. You're a big boy. You can do what you need to do. You can make your own decisions. In fact, the greatest investor of all times is Warren Buffett. And you know what he said when he's asked about who manages your money, how do you do it? He said, I do. He said, I want to tell everybody out there, you manage your own money, nobody else. But we, we tell you here on this program is that's why we got a disclaimer. You, you check it out yourself. You get what you need to get to and get comfortable. Reason it out. Ain't going to happen. Lays out the facts to show you what to do. In the end, though, you, you manage your own money. Don't depend on anybody else. But what are these companies doing? They said companies are using different methods to try and stop leakage from outright restrictions on withdrawals of companies matched funds to requiring employees to meet with financial advisors before withdrawing to educating employees about retirement needs. You do your own education. 
don't go to these people that they assigned to tell you what to do or don't do. Warren Buffett says you do it yourself. That doesn't mean you can't read what they say. It doesn't mean you wouldn't educate yourself, but you come out and you see the truth yourself and reason it out. Many people just give their monies over and say, well, they said to do this. You don't have to do that. You think it out and get to the truth of what God wants you to live and how he wants you to live. To educate employees about the retirement needs, to help an employee set aside other monies to be used in emergencies instead of tapping into the 401ks. About 30 to 40% of employees opt to cash out their 401k accounts when leaving jobs instead of rolling the funds over into another qualifying plan with their new employer. We always tell people, get it out. We know one nurse who talked to our bosses because they won't give her the money unless she quit. So she quit and they hired her back 100 days later. She had a limited time she had to be gone. She got her 401k out, put it in silver, and She's holding that intrinsic value. No matter what, if she bought high or low, she's got something that's worth something. It can't be worthless. The dollar can crash. The stock market can crash. Your minimal losses that you can take in protection is what you want to be in. Metals, saving your money, saving your retirement in that is the least risk. And there's risk to it because if you buy high at that point, and it goes low, you can lose in that sense, but you can't lose this value. And in an event of a crash, it's going to be worth a lot more in purchasing power than anything else. So you will never be broke by doing this. And that's why Ain't Gonna Happen was written, showing you the wrong way people are walking and thinking how they look at money. It's always got to be making money on it or you can't lose on it. And trying to make in the stock markets of profits like that, it's more stable. It will always have value. So they're saying to roll it over into another employer plan. And by inflation 10 years from now, you don't know what it's going to be or if it's going to be at all. One study showed that employees took $68 billion from the 401k accounts by taking loans and cashing out when changing jobs in 2013 up from just $36 billion they took out in 2004. I went before a lady in 1986, October 6th, and I asked our lady through Maria, written down message. She presented it to her lady. And in essence, asking for the same conversion happening in Mezugoria to happen here, and that it divinely spread throughout the whole region. We've seen that take place through Caritas. But I'm not addressing this as far as conversion. Oh, I went from a pagan to religion. I'm talking about the conversion of your mentalities, conversion of your money into something else. Our ladies come here to transform everything. She asked Matthew 6 to be read every single Thursday. And on 624, which is June 24th, that's when they took, in 1968, the silver off the dollar, making it purely paper. And of course, that ain't going to happen. It has three significant dates on 624. You have to read the book and reread it to refresh your memory. So what am I saying all this? Because we break a lot of things from here through the messages. We broke open the silver market here 
to the truth of what I said when I read the November 27th, 1989 message where our ladies reinvigorated on the feast day of the Maracas Medal. That in Medjugorje, she said, I want people to carry it. She said, pray for those souls who carry it. And the message is more detailed and invigorating after 150 years of its anniversary or so that the Maracas Medjugorje round was conceived to sanctify the money and at the same time bring people to conversion when it's dispensed out into general society. And that's just one thing that is broken here into conversion, a changing of people's ideas, a change of the mentalities of what they think. Conversion first, yes, for the soul. But conversion to feed the soul and have a good environment has to have the physical things that surround it. Our lady's not coming here. Our lady didn't come here and say, read Matthew 6 without a physical change that happens. And it's a lady who also has said to Yvonne, who told us just recently, a few years ago, that you're going to see physical changes on the earth. And what changes earth and buildings coming up and like ants building buildings and things? What all happens with it? It's all with commerce. Satan will take over the world through commerce. So you want to sanctify what you have. So we have these things and we're not patient with, with how we deal with things, how we do, but we, we strongly recommend get out of four-way in case. Your financial advisor may tell you something else. If you want to take the advice, fine with them. We know how we live and what we recommend to people is to get out of that system. I want to encourage everybody to reread Ain't Gonna Happen. It will incite you. It'll refresh you and you'll see because what was just read was about a loan, a 20-year loan at 8% interest, which when I wrote that in 2010 was exactly 100000 plus interest on the loan. And they charge you for that loan, the total bill each month for your interest. And so you're paying double for that. When you can be patient and get better gifts from God the Father that he has for you, but you want to go play. You want to go do everything you want to be doing. You want to be out there and have it all now. Your boat on the river, whatever you do, your vacations. This is stupid living. We live in peace because even our mission is ran by these principles. And when God gives us money, we can do things. we got some beautiful programs about to come out, mainly a billboard program we just talked about, and we got, we're getting poised to do that. wanted to read something that we've been going through a lot of things on Medj.com. Those of you who remember last year, we did a plea and we haven't asked for anything since then and we've been working on a lot of things behind the scenes and we've been going through a lot of the material that's on the site right now and just a few days ago we came across a friend of Medjugorje's writing from February the 2nd 2009 and a lot of the teachings that he gives are are very basic basic teachings a lot of them are parables and a lot of them are things that are easy to understand. They're not theologized out, which you just heard in the broadcast today. You've heard something very complicated broken down to something that's very simple. And so we wanted to read this parable that a friend of Medjugorje wrote in February of 2009 because it's appropriate to this particular topic. And this is what he writes. The boy was out in the countryside playing Never mind, he was supposed to be home over an hour ago to do his chores. He was having a good time, 
such a pleasure with his friends that he disregarded all responsibilities of going home to feed the animals and later milk the family cow. The father waited another hour while he himself proceeded to do his own work. Still, his son did not come home. He had a gift he wanted to give his son. The father had waited all year to surprise his three children by taking them on a special trip hours away that he knew would bring great joy to them. By early afternoon, the son still had not returned while his other two siblings were doing their work. Finally, at the last moment, the father sent the boy's mother. She found their son busy with his friends and said to him, Your father sent me, and he is waiting. The boy did not respond. Not wanting to reveal the surprise the father had for him, the mother said to him, I want to remind you of your father's love and call attention to how patient he is with you. It is for your own good. Still, the boy ignored her, enmeshed in his own world. The son said that he would do his work later. His mother reminded him again, and then she returned home. The father still patiently waited. Time passed, and the father and two other children who faithfully did their work left with the father on a beautiful trip for a once-in-a-lifetime experience. Just after the father left, the boy arrived home, asking the mother where his father and two siblings were. She told him of the wonderful surprise for him that he had lost because his heart listened to his own desires and not his father's. Many today are masters of their own destiny. Just as the boy returned home and realized the fool he was, losing time on meaningless things, many today are realizing that the destiny they laid out for themselves without God they have gone down a wrong path of meaninglessness. It is Our Lady whose intercession has gained for us more time, more patience from the Father, to allow the message to call us to convert and to come to His work. We do not merit His patience. Patience means to manifest forbearance under provocation or strain. It is without question that the world has a rightful judgment of provocation against it from its creator. Well, I can't say that was inspired by the Holy Spirit. I altered that. That's actually a real story that happened uh, with not so pleasant consequences. I remember going to Jackson Ballpark. I probably was about eight or nine, rode a bicycle a couple miles from my house. And I was supposed to be back at home at a certain time. And we were playing on the ballpark. Not ball, we just go there. There's red dirt and there's hills. You could ride your bicycle, so it was always fun. But there was railroad tracks across from the ballpark. We were never supposed to go over there. So out of sight, out of mind of our parents, me and a couple of the boys went over there and started playing down the railroad tracks. We waited for trains to come by and throw rocks out and that kind of stuff. And I told the boys I had to go back home. I was supposed to be back home. And they kept playing and I kept playing. And I know and I kept remembering I was supposed to be at home. And probably two hours Evidently, my mom found out where I was when she drove to the park, and the other kids said over there by the railroad tracks. And I saw the most horrible sight I could see. I looked up, and there she was standing in the railroad track with a belt. And <laughs> I knew I was in big trouble, and I was. And they didn't do fake news stuff. When they had a belt, you got a spanking, and you got a bad spanking. But I tied that story into this, into a parable spiritually, but it's really the same thing now. We... 
We don't want to wait for God the Father, the gifts that he gives to us, to just walk in into a place that you built with your hands, your labor, your money, not the bank did it and give it to you, and be underneath all that strain. It's better to be under the forbearance, which patience was said in the story I wrote, is under strain. Under strain of working biblically is much better than be under strain of something that's unbiblical. I just heard a report about stress and how people are so stressed today. They can't get free from that because you are slaves by debt. One thing you can do is sleep in peace knowing that you saved your monies in metals. Regardless if you bought high and it goes low or you bought low and it goes high, you don't look at it that way. You've got something solid. And no matter what happens, there's worth. It's not as worth as much as land is and a grand-based life. I'm not calling people and telling you go be farmers. No, you live closer to the soil agrarian, and peace comes from that. You grow wealth. We've said it many times. We grow grass. Cow eats grass. We eat cow. That's wealth. Wealth comes only from the soil, nowhere else. It's not coming from Mercedes working for them and taking the money. Everything is soil. Everything of, is of the earth. All these things you see in electronics and buildings and, and boats, everything came out of ground, including Adam. If God can make a man out of the clay, then he made everything else. So that's where wealth is, and it still comes today. People don't understand that. You have to reflect on that and realize, wow, this microphone here, the studio here, the wood here, everything came from the sun and the soil. It comes out of that. And so when you mine it, that's where wealth comes. But it's not, it costs because of somebody putting labor into it. Once you start understanding these principles, you can, you can do what Warren Buffett does to start managing money because then you understand the principles of money in exchange. The real wealth is having your own system and decreasing the need for cash by growing that tomato that costs you a dollar a piece in the wintertime that you put up in the last previous fall of canning your tomatoes. And you know the better part of it? There's no tax on it. I just read with Bill Gates. He's got a genius idea. He says, because robots are replacing people, we need to be taxing and put taxes on the robot, just like we do a worker. All this mindset and all these people are insane. They're idiots. Our ladies come here to show you not to be an idiot and how to live right. And so we encourage you to look at the miraculous message you go around to save what you have, what you've worked for, and what you draw from the soil. It's peace, and God will give you the means to experience life in a different way in the economy of salvation, of an economic system that brings you towards salvation. We wish you a lady. We love you. Goodbye.
The subject matter contained in this presentation is based on biblical principles and designed to give you accurate and authoritative information with regard to the subject matter covered. It is provided with the understanding that neither the presenter nor the broadcaster is engaged to render legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Since your situation is fact-dependent, you may wish to additionally seek the services of an appropriately licensed legal, accounting, real estate, or investment professional. This ends the Metronomics Show with a friend of Metrigoria. To order this show on CD, you can contact Caritas in the U.S. at 205-672-2000. Again, 205-672-2000.